Konnichiwa! Welcome to In Our Community Podcast Season 2, where we talk about life, fitness, youth training, nutrition, and more. Recorded at Resurrection Movement Studio in Danville, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Coach Hitty, and sitting across from me is our lovely co-host, one and only, Coach Michelle. Well, guys, 2020 is coming to an end. Although it was a very difficult year, Coach Michelle and I sat down to talk about all the great things that has happened at the studio and in our personal lives this past year. We did this intentionally to celebrate the good, even in the midst of uh, very challenging times. This podcast is a little bit long. It's about 45 minutes long. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy our conversation. And listeners, please don't forget to subscribe to our show. Let's get started. Year 2020 is coming to an end. I think a lot of us are ready for it to be over, right? Yes. <laughs> but in the midst of this, like, you know, pretty bad year, I'd consider, um, there's always highs to be considered. And I was quite surprised as I was doing a show prep by just looking, scrolling through the photos of each month of this year. There were, like, highs in each month. So let's talk about highs and lows of this year and just kind of reflect upon it. And as always, we'll be raw and we'll be honest uh, with how I think and how we think and how we feel. Uh, but we hope that as you're listening to this, maybe you were part of some of our journey as we went through 2020, or maybe you can reflect back on your own journey of 2020 as well. Before we get started, though, Dupes, what would you say was your highs and lows for 2020? Oh, boy. Gosh, I wasn't expecting this big one. <laughs> <laughs> highs for me personally or yeah. professionally well it, either one's fine with me okay well personally we put in a pool this year that's huge mm. i've wanted that my whole life i think um you know being in quarantine really uh pushed us to do that helped us to make that decision that was huge for myself and my family mm -hmm. highs professionally highs here i have seen us come together in a way uh, that we didn't even know was possible. We didn't even know that we would ever need to. And I think, you know, we, we just keep coming out on top. We keep getting better. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of this. And when I look back on 2020, I'm really going to look back and see a whole lot of positives all around uh, in my personal life here at the gym. Of course, there's sadness, of course, you know. And I, I think the other thing, too, this whole year has been filled with a lot of turbulence, not just from COVID, but there's been so much unrest in so many areas. And But looking back, there's so many good things that we can find and so many things that I hope to incorporate moving forward too. just little changes in our life, little ways that we look at things and the things that we thought maybe were so important that aren't as important as we we made them. And it put a lot of pressure on us. So Right. Uh, I'm way off of your question, but no, 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 <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I think, you know, in reference to the small changes that you're thinking about, I think that's so true. It's not necessarily we think in terms of big change that's going to bring happiness. Right. Mm -hmm. But really, it's small things that's built upon each other that collectively leads to that ultimate happiness or the satisfaction that we're seeking. It's never usually that like. A big change. Sometimes it is, you know, like change of job or change of location. That kind of things can bring happiness, but oftentimes and not, it's the small things that adds up that leads to what we're seeking in mm -hmm. the end. Um, so, without a further ado, let's get started on these highs and lows of 2020. And I haven't seen this list yet. So yeah. It's all, it's all so a this surprise is all to me new. too. 
Yeah, so let's start with January. Okay. Which feels like forever ago. It does. Right? That's a little side note. Did you notice that? Some of the things that happened early last year, before March, mm-hmm. actually seem in my mind like they're years ago. I know. It does. <laughs> it does. And we were riding such a great momentum yes. when this COVID hit. Like, as a business, I think we're doing the best we've ever done. Mm-hmm. We were thriving. And we were really excited about some of the new things that we were trying out and testing out and launching into the community. Um, so let's talk about those. And I honestly, like in January, I think we heard words about COVID, but we didn't think it was going to be an immediate scare to our community. Right. Um, so January, we launched a new program called Movement 101. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that crew was awesome to work with yes um because it was our kickoff program we offered it to free to whoever wanted to sign up and uh, we opened up 10 slots i believe per class times Mm -hmm. there was one class time in the morning and one in the afternoon afternoon one got filled up real fast you know and this was the way we looked at it was like okay this is a way for us to get back to the community because we want to test test this out see how this goes um, and also reevaluate and see if this is something that we can continue to offer moving forward. And we had a great community of people who wanted to jump in. And I think it was just a great way to see like what would happen. You worked really closely with the movement. Oh, I loved that group. Yes. I, that was, it was great. And you know, it was a basic. So what we were, you, why don't you go ahead and say, you know, what the program was all about since it was your, uh, yeah. So movement one-on-one came from the idea that like, oftentimes we get the feedback, like, Oh, I want to get in shape before I come to your gym. Right. And, and I, my always response to that is like, no, you don't need to do that. Like, that's what we're here to do. But I think because of, you know, because the because they you know some people in the community see the members that come here they get intimidated by what they can do even though that's not their intention at all right. or they see our videos and see like oh that's that that looks frightening so we said all right why don't we offer a class that's aimed towards that group of people who wants to join us but feels a little bit intimidated by what we offer um, and we'll call it like a super basic name so then they know that it's the entrance level class right so then, hence, we came up with the name Movement 101, like a college course. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the simplest program, I'd say, maybe we wrote, we ever wrote. We really broke it down, and we built up on the program. So then they were getting, you know, it was a progressive program. It wasn't a mm-hmm. randomized program. It was written in a way that they were supposed, you know, they were going to get stronger if they stuck with it. So you got, uh, you got... You had an opportunity to work with a lot of them. Oh, that was so much fun. And just the the little community that they formed themselves mm-hmm. was awesome. And we would play, you know, at the end, sometimes we would do little competitive games, the competition, and just to watch everybody from, from class to class was, you know, watching their confidence. And what we found was that not a lot of them were actually – struggling they just needed that confidence that Mm -hmm. community to bring them together and then they just flourished that was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun and a good amount of that crew Mm -hmm. stuck with us even after that that month march put a little damper on some of that for some people but but they were they were they they had the intentions to continue on with that class um you know if covid never struck Mm -hmm. Uh, so 
that was a really, really fun group to work with. At the same time, we also had the swing challenge. And I think that was, I believe that was the biggest group of swing challengers that we had ever in the swing challenge. Right. Uh, speaking of which, we're approaching our 10th swing challenge next month in January. Yay. Which is crazy to think about that this is going to be the 10th one. You're, you're going to be hitting 100,000 mark. I will hit 100,000 next month. I wow. can't wait. I know. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, but that was a fun group too. And we had a little party at the end of the month in here to celebrate and the shirt came out awesome yes uh, I have it. yeah there you go you're actually <laughs> wearing it today um uh, but it was you know the swing challenge has been like kind of on and off like some years i'll be really motivated to do and we used to do it twice a year mm -hmm. and then we cut it down to once a year um but this group was really awesome we really had fun uh, a lot of them got together in person at the studio or somewhere else to swing and you know there were just this camaraderie like the things that we miss the most right now about not being able to see others is that like human interaction that's what you know that's that's the strength of our facility you know yes. the community aspect of bringing people together and so swing challenge allows us to do that and that i remember like feeling really good about that group mm -hmm. and i can see in the pictures of the faces of the people like how excited they were that they were doing this and how pumped they were that they were able to finish it um, so th those two were the two highlights that I wrote for January. Moving on to February, uh, there's a couple things that sticks out to me. Colton, our former intern, committed to BU, Bloomsburg University, in February to play football, uh, which was really exciting for us because when he started first interning with us last year, he wasn't sure what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. He kind of wanted to play baseball. He kind of, but then he had a great football season. And, you know, he got looked at and that really helped him to further his career and get a look at in the football sense. And, um, you know, he was able to commit and he actually asked me to be there for his signing day, which I was very honored by. And uh, so I got to attend that. And then we also were awarded the Business of the Year Award by the Danville Business Alliance. Yeah. Right. That was like such a highlight of just my life, I would say, because, you know, I think I wrote it at the time. I, it just felt like the community saying, hey, we love you back. And, and to me, that meant so much to receive that award. And I still remember that night, you know, uh, just just standing, just having our name called. You know, we're going up against English Garden, who I was just there yesterday. <laughs> they are packed like they're awesome, awesome business. And Abby, who runs it, is a wonderful person. So. To be even mentioned in the same breath as her is an honor in itself. But for us to be able to like bring that home, that was such a such an honor. It really was. And I was fortunate enough. I was there uh, for another reason, but I got to, to see that happen also. And in my heart, I knew like as soon as I heard them reading all of the all of the, um, you know, requirements, mm -hmm. I knew it's got it hitty just exhibits all of those so if i remember like going into that's like ah we're not gonna win i mean we're going against <laughs> you know english garden <laughs> right right majority of the community probably goes there versus us <laughs> you know we we cater to specific population 
you know, of people who are looking for places to work out or people who have kids who want to send their kids into dance. Right. So when, when I looked at it like that, I was like, no, I don't think we're going to win. But it was such a... That's a testament to how much you do, though, for the community. Well, it's not just me. It's the whole team. <laughs> you know that. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I was just honored to to really receive that award for sure. Um, let's move on to March. So March is like, you know... Half good, half, half bad, right? Half, half and half, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is when the 50, tables 50. start to turn. Um, <laughs> one of the last events that we held was Hip Hop for Hope. And it was for Gabby. Mm -hmm. One of the group pictures with Gabby hangs in the studio wall. And I think to myself, <clears throat> that was that was a, such a dark time, but it brought the studio together. Yes. Um, I mean, I still get chills just talking about it because you know i we, we wish we wish she was still here with us right i just thought of her this morning actually yeah yeah and, and she was such a vital part of the eight o'clock crew you can always count on her to be here because she always were she always was mm -hmm. and you know she was part of our studio for a very long time and you know and in, in, in a way like i was honored to be able to hold that event for her here yes. you know what she felt like was her second home Mm -hmm. but sad that it was for that reason you know and uh that was actually a couple weekends before we were mandated to shut down mm -hmm. so that was one of the last events that we held and, and nobody knew at the time that we were gonna get shut down right not even a thought when you no. think about that room and how full it was and how yeah. many people were there to support the family and mm -hmm. to remember gabby and oh yeah mm-hmm yeah it's uh it's it's still tough to talk about isn't it it is it is yeah, yeah. um we've uh it's a rough year um i personally took a trip down to salisbury maryland where i went down to went, where i went to school when we went to college and i hadn't been down there since i graduated i think so over 10 years yeah i remember I that being a big trip for you and it was it was such a great trip down the memory lane. I got to meet up with some of my favorite people, uh, reconnect with strength and conditioning coach down there who was wonderful. Um, but also that was the weekend when things were starting to like, you know, boil. Take a turn, yeah. Yeah, starting to, and then so I was like trying to figure out like exactly what to do or what I was trying to sort out what I was hearing. But I think I was also... In denial. Yeah, we all were. <laughs> right? I was like, no way. Like, that's, <laughs> this is not real. Like, that's not happening. Um, then, March 18th or March 16th, around then, is when the COVID shutdown began. Yes. I, I still remember very vividly feeling like a kid going home for a snow day, but thinking like, hey, I'm going to get my house clean. I have two weeks to clean my house. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we didn't think it was going to be this long, right? No, not like, at oh, all. Like, ah, two weeks, that's great. Like, uh, we can take a pause for a couple weeks and yeah, we'll be we're okay. All, yeah, we're working so hard. We'll mm -hmm. let this virus go away in those two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, all right, like, it's just a chance to explore, like, different venues for now, just for a couple weeks, and then we'll go back to what it we were doing before <laughs> little did we know little did we know yeah that's you know COVID shutdown began and i guess like most of the march we were just trying to adjust mm -hmm. trial and an error we didn't really have time to like you know really dig deep into how we were doing 
We just had to go. Right. Adjust. Figure out a way. A lot of trial and error. Our, and I'm thankful for our members for sticking with us as we went through. Remember, like, when we first launched the virtual classes, <laughs> do you remember the platform we launched it on? Oh, gosh. This should be a trivia question. It should be, because <laughs> I don't think I remember. It was a Facebook Messenger. We did for classes, too. Yeah. Wow. Facebook Messenger group call was the one that we used oh. to try to run fitness classes. I don't even remember that. Wow. Yes. I wonder if any of the listeners who you know took part partook in that because that was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> because I think there's a limit of eight people in the group chat that you can have. Okay. And and one of your classes, like eight o'clock energy, is pretty popular. Mm -hmm. Went over eight, so people were trying to get on. It's like, hey, I can't get in. And I was like, I don't know why. It's, <laughs> she's there. And uh, turns out there's a limit. Oh, so. I do. I do remember that. Yeah. So we must have quickly switched to Zoom then. Oh yeah. And then I, it's not even a memory. Yeah, exactly. It, I was. Th I think it was like two or three weeks, and then we explored Zoom option. The thing was, I didn't want to commit to like a membership to something like Zoom because we didn't know how long it was going to last. Right. We were still thinking this is going to be over quickly. So we were trying to utilize the resources that we already had. And I was like, all right, Snapchat for athletes because kids are on Snapchat more than Facebook or Instagram. Right. And for adults, we'll use a Facebook Messenger. Great. It works. But <laughs> we also had terrible Wi-Fi here. <laughs> yes. And so <laughs> glitched so much and it was so bad. I still have a picture of uh, your screen, and then you know, I think it was like a, a class that um, one of our clients had a dog in the in the in the screen, and and the screen froze with dog's butt right in front of the camera, <laughs> <laughs> like dog's butthole, not just the butt, the butthole right in front of the. Camera. <laughs> and I remember like, all right, I think it's time we need new, we get new Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to quickly explore that option as well. <laughs> so the, the so March, when the things took the turn for for to to the south, um, then April, uh, we also did our emergency virtual swing session. Yes, swing challenge. Yeah, so, I feel like in April we started to really realize like, hey, we've got to reach out to people. We have to yes. pull them together. This is when we realized like, oh, this isn't going to be a two-week, you know, vacation. Yep. So we realized the need to continue to motivate our members and continue to get them going uh, because we didn't want, we didn't want them to stop because we also like that was also our defense mechanism, right? Cuz we knew like if we stop you would have a hard time digging out of the hole. Yes. And so we wanted to keep them going, moving along, so we can also keep ourselves moving along. Mm -hmm. So we called a virtual emergency swing challenge. Right. And we had a pretty good amount of people that took up on the offer. We did. We had to sort of rent out equipment, yep. loan out equipment. We rent out, yep. That's true, rent equipment. <laughs> and uh, we did it. We had a pretty good amount of um, people who can, uh, you know, who took up on that offer. And at this time also, like this is when I think when we started doing virtual cooking sessions with me and Mel. Yes. That was so fun. <laughs> uh, that was one of my favorite memories of this quarantine is every weekend, either Friday or Saturday, you know, we'll get on the, you know, a FaceTime and we'll try out new recipes and try to make something new and delicious. We, tried a lot of different things like different cuisines we do some japanese mexican uh of course some american food and just chinese you know italian different just you know 
different cultures of backgrounds of food and Mel and I had a really good time. And it was so nice for us too. They were all recipes that I probably wouldn't have tried mm -hmm. just because, you know, when you're planning meals for five people and one of them is a vegetarian, you're just thinking like, what's quick, what's simple, what's, you know, what does everybody like? So I wasn't really thinking like, hey, I'm going to try Chinese on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this sort of, you know, pushed us all to, to try new things. And, and now all of us uh, have new new likes because of that yeah. and again that was a great way too to connect and still feel connected I think you know we were at that time starting to realize this was going to drag on a lot longer and we, that's when we started to feel the losses of yeah. of the connections so that was a really great great way to still feel connected mm -hmm. and that was when we were sheltering in place so yeah. you know that was when everybody was you know you would take a walk and there was nobody out there would be nobody on the main streets yeah. and there was nowhere to go and and uh so that was when it was a little nuts yeah when you think, think back, back to that i can it. think yeah. about going down mill street and there wouldn't be a car there wouldn't right. be a person right yeah it's uh it's crazy to think about and mm -hmm. we hope that we don't go back there anytime soon you know this is also like when we're trying to pull together the dance program side Yes. As, as we move on to May, I remember how hard it was to try to get the kids, especially the older dancers, to do anything. They didn't want to do virtual classes. They were just they just feel, felt defeated. And I felt for them, especially the seniors. Right. This was supposed to be a really big year for us. Mm -hmm. Year five. Like right. a five-year mark is a huge mark. And we had a first group of graduating seniors who grew up in our program. Yes. And we kept talking about that. We kept typing it up because, like, it meant so much to me. And I think it meant so much to a lot of people in the program. Um, and it was just sad to this is when we started realizing, like, oh, the recital may not happen. Yeah, we held on so for so long trying to keep that recital. And there was so much work that already went into it because we had so many dancers at the time that you were even working on restructuring the whole mm -hmm. way the recital plays out you mm -hmm. were gonna have two recitals because yep. there were so many people and yeah 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 it was you know special thanks to my team they were they've been amazing you know even on the fitness side and the dance side both just you guys have been amazing to collaborate with and work with and you know i that's one of the main reasons why we are still where we are today we didn't lose anybody through this covid pandemic um, none of you guys are full-time except for you, Michelle. So it's, <laughs> it wasn't like we had to, you know, cut somebody. Right. Um, but everybody was willing to work and willing to work hard. And we just kind of stayed strong together and the dance program side, the ideas coming from each and every individual was super helpful in trying to figure out what to do. It was truly a collaborative effort to come up with some of the solutions that we did in the past year. So I'm very, very thankful for them. Uh, mm -hmm. Speaking of which, we instead of the recital, we came up with the finale project. Um, throughout this year, I'm looking at all the events that happened. I have to give a huge shout out to our producer, Sam Gross. So she's the one who came to film the Nutcracker. She's the one who edited the finale project. Uh, she's also the one who cut the athletes promo for us in the beginning of the year. She's just been really wonderful to work with. And she's done some amazing work. Um, and so I got to give her a shout out. The finale project turned out so cool. So those of you who don't know what a finale project is. So basically at the end of the recital, we always finish with the finale. Uh, 
And it's usually like a really simple dance that all the dancers can do. Um, but the instructor team came up with this idea of, hey, let's have all the dancers send us videos mm -hmm. and we'll send it to Sam and then she'll put it together and we'll make certain parts for certain levels. So then it's level appropriate. Some parts are really, really simple, like a little kids, like three to five year old can do. And some parts are going to be pretty difficult, like kids 13 and above can do. And obviously not all the dancers submitted their pieces. Mm -hmm. And we also wanted to give a dedicated solo piece to the, de uh, the graduating seniors, which we did. And uh, we put it together and it turned out beautiful. It was amazing. Yeah. Yep. I'm getting choked up remembering all of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it was such like it gave us a closure. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we were looking for. Not the same as a recital. And not, but we, I still had like after watching it a couple of times, I still had that like recital feeling. Yes. Um, just the warm fuzzies. Right. And just another way to bring community together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, down the road when we're listening back on this and trying to remember all of the things that were happening at this time, I think that was when a lot of like the drive by birthdays and drive by showers were happening mm -hmm. too. And uh, didn't the uh, the dance instructors did that for the seniors, right? They visited their their yeah. houses and yeah, that's masked right. and social distanced, but visited all of them so that they could be recognized that way. Also, yeah, we visited all each seniors' houses and dropped off their gifts, and, and it was a surprise to them because we didn't tell them. Mm -hmm. I just reached out to the parents and asked them that to make sure that they were home so that we could <laughs> deliver the gifts, and that was also a really fun day, right? Um, that's one of those things I hope kind of sticks going forward, too. Yeah. The drive-by showers. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it's a cool idea because then, it you is. know, if you work that day or something and something's busy, you can drive by, you can see people, you know, and mm -hmm. it's not necessarily renting out a hall and, and mm -hmm. all of that, but it's just a nice way to stay in touch. I liked those ideas. Mm -hmm. We <laughs> also did a uh, virtual Murph on the fitness side on Memorial Day. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool, uh, which was interesting because Murph involves one mile run in the beginning and the end. Mm -hmm. So and I think I ran way more than one you mile. You did. In the yeah. And I, I think one of our clients also did because she just kind of kept running while you did or yeah. went the same path. <laughs> yeah, I did. But, I did not. I stuck with the plan. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. Um, and then we also created the athletes promo video. I just asked them to send in, you know, answer a couple questions and we put it together. And that was really neat for me to see because just to hear what they had to say about the program and how it helped them. And I got to have all the athletes that we really worked close with together on one video. It's still the Facebook cover video for us. I need to change that. It's a little updated, uh, <laughs> outdated. Um, but it's one of my favorite videos that we've ever produced. Um, and at the end of May, we got to have the end of the year cookout at your house. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> With our former interns, Nicole and Colton. Mm -hmm. And uh, Preston and Braden were there, too. And we just we got to because that's when the restrictions were starting to loosen up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we were expecting to reopen in June because that was announced like a week prior to when we were actually able to reopen. <laughs> And that was good to see, like, finally be able to see other people and get together and, and socialize. And Mel and I cooked together. So all this virtual cooking that we did together, we put it into practice in person on that day. And we were able to host, you know, 
co-host that party for the interns. Well, really, you hosted, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how much of this I, like has slipped my mind, so it's nice to take this little trip down memory lane. Yeah, you know, I agree with you because as I was writing this, I was like, wow, we did a lot. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're only up into May. Right. And we're already 30 minutes into the conversation, which means, listeners, this episode is going to be a little longer, <laughs> which is okay. Um, but we did do a lot. Like, I didn't think that we did, but we really did. Um, so let's move on to June. Okay. June was a bit chaotic. I remember feeling like the reopening came so sudden. Yes. Right. It was like a week prior to, we were able to reopen. They announced that we could reopen we were all like, what? Mm-hmm. We had to get everything together, you know, just kind of plan out these tapes that's on the floor in the fitness room is, is from June. So... <laughs> That's that's how quickly we had to just kind of like come up with a plan and adjust right. and see who we're going to bring out to the studio. Yeah, I feel like we were going from this calm stillness and we had finally adjusted to our virtual mm-hmm. schedule and not being in the gym at all to boom. OK, we can go back, but we have this, 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 this and this to all figure out. Mm-hmm. We had to figure out how to sign up so that we didn't have too many people mm-hmm. in any of the rooms at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was moving really fast. Yeah, it was just like, I think I remember saying to Corey towards the end of May, I was like, I think I finally have a good grasp of this. <laughs> I'm going to try to enjoy summer so that way, you know, like I'm ready to go whenever we can reopen again. Right. And we didn't think at that point that it was going to be anytime no. soon. Mm-mm. I remember you thinking like, oh, we'll probably get back in by September. Yeah, that was my attitude. Yeah. I got that point. Mm-hmm. And then uh, boom. Yeah which was nuts (laughs) um so i mean we were thankful that we could reopen but it was just like ah here we go again (laughs) another change so the outdoor fitness classes i'd say was another highlight yes that we discovered i didn't know that we could utilize our outdoor space as much as we do now Mm -hmm. you know doing the speed drills to start the athlete sessions outside yes i would have never thought of that until this COVID hit you know the whole theme of that and and this doesn't fall in any month category it also allowed me a chance to learn more Mm -hmm. i invested myself in a course which i just recently finished up uh so i you know i i earned another certification under my belt which was helpful i've attended several master classes in relates to speed training and acceleration and you know, all those techniques and as well as weightlifting and, you know, coaching and leadership. And, and it allows me to continue to grow as a person, as a coach, and which I was very, very grateful for. Um, but being able to utilize that outdoor space was something that would have never crossed my mind if it wasn't for this COVID situation. Right. Right. And you still train clients outside in this freezing cold. I have the best clients. They are motivated. They want it. Yeah, they don't mind if they're out there. And they're also willing to switch to virtual if it's too cold or rainy or, you know, if it's if it's not safe to be in the parking lot for whatever reason. But yeah, yeah, they are definitely motivated. And it just, um, you know, you have to work so much harder to be a better coach this whole year because we keep going through these changes, you know, even with the athletes I, I, and the rules have changed so many times that I don't remember what was what, but for a while we had part of the group inside part of the group outside. So we would be carrying heavy weights outside so that they could still continue with the strength 
portion of their program and these are strong kids and you know and then cleaning all of the equipment before you could switch and bringing it all back into the gym and anybody who knows Hitty knows that he likes everything to be in its place <laughs> so our athletes you know uh not only you know had to start cleaning but then also making sure that they put everything back where it belonged but yeah so all of these great changes and we made it work we made it happen no matter what the the regulations were we just kind of rolled with it no matter how challenging it was and mm -hmm. and just used it to continue our program you know one of the so that the cleaning thing right it's it's kind of we joke about it it's funny because <laughs> i do like my studio clean and he, does, certain, he does he does i appreciate it <laughs> certain well there's a look to it like i want people to walk in here and be like wow this is a really clean studio i want to work out here um but the process of having almost forced to force the athletes to clean after themselves. Mm -hmm. I actually really like it. Mm -hmm. um, the part of it is because they learn to appreciate the equipment. They learn to appreciate the process of cleaning and what it takes to maintain a clean studio. I call back to my own memory as a child. And when you're growing up in Japan in the school system, there's a cleaning period. So literally every single student in the school is cleaning for the dedicated half an hour, 45 minutes. Okay. That And, and so there's no custodians. Mm -hmm. The cleanliness of school is dependent on the students that's in the school. I like that. So each kid is given an assigned, assigned role um, in that time period to do certain things to ensure the clean cleanliness of the school. So I call that back and I think to myself, and the same thing with like serving food to each other. So during lunchtime, it's the students who serve other students mm, okay. so it's not adults it's kids take that initiative and t kids learn through that process of serving others serving each other taking care of ourselves and so i see a value in that i see a tremendous value in that and so i almost saw it as a similar resemblance to what i went through and something that i look at it as something that was valuable to me growing up and so I really enjoy the fact that the athletes were almost forced to clean. Mm -hmm. And I don't think any of them mind at this point. They're no. just kind of used to it. No, those kids are resilient. Everything we've mm -hmm. asked of them all along, they just, yeah, they just jumped right in. And I think they were just so appreciative to still have this available to them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so reopening in June and July, athlete sessions were on high. Mm -hmm. I mean, like we had... You know, we had to limit the number of the athletes in here. So we had to get really creative with how we wanted to program. And we had to cap, cap the number at 20, I think. We wanted only 10 inside, 10 outside. So then we'll half of them will be inside, half of them be outside kind of thing. And we were full. Yes. AM and PM. It was so crazy to have, like, you know that many driven athletes wanting to do something and it was so great to see them right they were eager to get back at it and mm -hmm. at the time sports were still in question and mm -hmm. it was off season for a lot of things mm -hmm. so yeah yeah i remember um, that and on rainy days we would have them at other in other rooms in the building so yeah more transporting of the equipment right we got really creative yeah we did we had to Dance camp happened. Yes. And I specifically remember this on the Wednesday of dance camp and when the mask mandate began yes. to come up. Yes. So Thursday, Friday, we asked the kid, you know, the masking was optional at that point, mm -hmm. but we mandated masking uh, the last two days of dance camp. And yes. kids were resilient. They understood. They were fine. Throughout all this, they've been very respectful. And I appreciate all of that. 
Um, and so I was glad that I was able to have dance camp and also still have master classes with some of my great friends in the in, in the industry virtually. So virtually, they zoomed yes. in and they taught the class and kids seemed to love it. So which was awesome to see. Yeah, danced outside, which wouldn't normally mm-hmm. always happen. And mm-hmm. and you still put together a really cute uh, video at the end of that, too, with the, <laughs> the groups. That was fun. Yeah. It was mask gloves, soaps, scrubs. I think it was the song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In August, we ran our first mini camp for the little dancers with Miss Kylie and Miss Kate. Those were really cute. I know Noah enjoyed being part of it. Uh, that was just a Saturday, Sunday thing, but... That was fun. Mm -hmm. I also need to give a shout out to Zach and Robin for getting married in August. Yay! Uh, That was and I felt so bad for them. You know, like I feel bad for any couple who had a wedding plan this past summer, right? Or this fall or spring. I mean, just everything changed. But again, though, some of that, you know, just from helping out, you know, photographing some weddings too. There's some nice changes too. I think the Weddings become a lot of pressure, a mm. really big deal, and you forget about what it's really about. This whole year has made weddings step back to the really close, important people in your life and keeping it simple. Uh, you know, so some of that moving forward is is nice also. I understand if you are the couple getting married, that probably wasn't maybe your sentiment. But, mm. uh, yeah, I've seen some some really also creative things happen with weddings and, and similar events. Yeah. And in August, we also started the uh, repainting of Studio B. <laughs> we ripped down the uh, the red pad and we started painting it white. I just wanted a new look. And I'm glad that we did that because the Nutcracker production looks so much better with the white wall. I was just thinking that when <laughs> I saw that clip the other day. Yeah. <laughs> now, when he says ripped down the red wall, though, <laughs> you can't even imagine. It how was much ripped wo- down. Yes. <laughs> how much work was involved in that? How much strength? Yeah. So just to give you an idea, <laughs> one of the walls has uh, a plywood or something uh, right behind it. Mm-hmm. So it took four of my four former interns, Preston, Braden, Colton. And who was the last one? I don't know. Did Gabe help? Was he Maybe here one day? Gabe was. I don't know. There's four kids. I know this. It took them three days to rip down one pad. That was how crazy it was. And and they were sweating bullets. They had all kinds of tools ready. Yes, and these guys are strong. <laughs> yeah, you they are really strong, th- yeah. Yeah, that they can just, you know, they would go in there and pull it off in a second. And yeah. it didn't, yeah, it was nuts. But now, <laughs> thankfully to them, Studio B looks so much better. Um, and then we, you know, kicked off the commotion season with a staff dinner at Frosty Valley Outdoors and at the end of August. Which was great because we didn't know what the season was going to look like. But we said, all right, let's see what happens. We put all the guidelines and precautions in place to ensure safety for everybody. That planning process, we took it very seriously because we didn't want to become the spot where like, we spread the virus. Right. So if we're going to open, we had to open responsibly and make sure all the protocol protocols are in place, not just like social distancing and masking, but what step proper steps are we going to take if there was a positive case? And which I'm glad that we did because it made the decision making in the fall a lot easier when cases like that popped up. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you, the amount of things that that had to be thought about bathrooms, water fountains, it's mm-hmm. a it's a shared site. So we have other programs that we, you know, had to to deal with what do you do with parents who would normally be in the hallways peeking in the doors so so many things that had to be 
uh, figured out. Mm-hmm. But like you said, too, once you have all of those policies in place, it just makes everything moving forward so much easier. And if something has to be amended, then you do that as it as it comes. Mm-hmm. In September, we got the word that football season can begin. That was really exciting yes. uh, for kids like Gabe and our current intern, KJ, um, who's a senior. I mean, you know, I I was excited for them, too, that they could have their season because, you know, kids love that kind of stuff. And really, football is one of those sports that unless you're going to go play at college level, you'll probably never play again with pads and (laughs) and that kind of intensity. Mm -hmm. It kind of ends after your senior year. You know, whereas like basketball, you can go and play a pickup game when you're 53 um but football you don't really have that kind of opportunity so i was happy to see that they were able to have a season right yeah. and we all kind of held our breath through that too because you just never knew right the sports season started before school did and everybody you know the rumor was oh as soon as we get into school they're gonna shut it down two weeks into it so i photographed for the football team and i remember that first scrimmage it was a scrimmage so not a number on a jersey not a name you didn't know who was who and, uh, you know, it was a scrimmage, so people were, you know, it just different. Uh, I, I took over a thousand photos because I thought, especially for the seniors, and I didn't know who was a senior and who wasn't at the time because mm-hmm. you couldn't tell who was who on the field. I took over a thousand photos because I thought these seniors, that might be the only photos that they get of their season. Mm-hmm. Little did we know we were going to make it that far and get all the way through the season but you know everybody just thought like let's just get a few games in mm-hmm. let's just get a few things under our belt so we were for- fortunate in that sense yeah to make sure. it all the way through yeah it was great to see them kind of play through and we'll talk about how far they made in yeah, month of november year, yeah yeah uh september i also discovered saratoga springs new york on my, <laughs> my personal time and i fell in love with it I would love to go there as often as I can. I would, you know, it's just like in this time of COVID, it it was, it's hard to, it was so so hard to travel at one point. And, you know, my host parents have a a second home in Saratoga Springs and I've actually never been up there. Um, I'm so thankful that this kind of situation has allowed me to go and make a visit. And it's just beautiful, like Mm -hmm. full of nature, full of, just awesome places, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed my time up there. And, and so that was cool. And then October, we had the uh, Trunk or Treat event at the Trinity United Methodist Church um, in collaboration with the Trinity United Methodist Church and Emily Laser from there, um, which was cool because all through this uh, fall season, we kept saying we wanted to give our dancers a chance to perform in front of a public and this was a chance that we could provide for them, a live performance, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't like a huge stage, just about them kind of thing. But as a part of the event, we were able to do it. We we're also able to collect donations of winter coats for Good Samaritan's mission and um, canned goods for the Feeder Friend, uh, Feeder Friend program. So it was neat to be able to do something for the community and gather the community to help another, you know, other community members. Um, and also give a chance for the kids to perform. So that was a very special day uh, for sure. That's the only thing I have written for October. I feel like I'm missing something there. Um, if you think of anything, let me know, Dubes. Uh November, uh, this is where I want to talk about the Denville football team winning the district championship. Mm-hmm. Right? That was pretty cool and exciting to watch that happen. Talk about it, Dubes. Like, uh, how 
what's your reflection on the football season? Because you were really close. You're like, you were literally on the sidelines oh, the entire season. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. And for somebody who doesn't know a whole lot of football, it's a little intimidating at first to be, <laughs> to be there with the team. And, uh, you know, not really. I Carson Persang almost, uh, you know, ran me over <laughs> as I was shooting away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've actually gone further than any Danville team mm-hmm. ever. But just to see, so, you know, there were there were changes in coaching staff. So that was huge. I think everybody thought that was going to be the biggest thing that our football team had to, you know, sort of overcome this year were, were those changes and, you know, would they be good? And, you know, thinking of all of those things, little did we know we might not have a season. How are we going to train? Uh, you know, so, so rising above all of that um with some really great leadership and and some phenomenal kids it's been a great season one that none of them will will definitely ever forget so and if you're wondering why we're so invested in this i mean gabe is somebody that i've trained for a very long time (laughs) and i mean he's your son so he's kind of (laughs) important and you know I've had typically had, you know, my interns have been a football player. So I've been very invested in the program just to see how they do. And not that like we favor one sport over the other because we also cheer on the other teams. Like I have the privilege to work with the girls soccer team in the preseason and I was monitoring their season closely. Um, And so any individual athletes or group of athletes that we get to work with, we kind of keep an eye on. Uh, But what I saw was the culture that was developed by this new coaching staff at mm-hmm. Danville was really awesome to see. And I'm glad that they had a really successful season. Yes. And all of the hard work that they had to put in mm-hmm. through all of this, that was kind of what got Gabe through quarantine. He wanted to train to have a great football season. Mm-hmm. So he had to be creative. One day I looked out and he was rolling giant rocks <laughs> from one end of my yard <laughs> to the other. Oh. Uh, he was out chopping wood. So he was just out there really you know, trying to keep himself working hard, do whatever kind of strength he could. And, and again, just like we all had to be, had to be creative. Mm-hmm. So, For sure. Yeah. Um, moving on to November. Oh, moving on from November. Uh, in December, we had the Nutcracker Film Day. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. Well, the, the thing is, we're recording this the day before the Nutcracker video premieres. Um, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be all over the place um but for us to be able to have that day was it was tough because the COVID number began to really rise and that's when we really started to hear the rumors of second shutdown which came about a week later Mm -hmm. so just another wire that day was a long day for me um but it was such a fun day it was great to see all the excitement on the dancers faces to be in the spirit of the season and just wait till you see the final product. Oh, I and, can't and wait. Listeners, if you haven't seen it, you should go see it. It's it's pretty cool what we were able to do. Uh, again, special shout out to our producer, Sam. Um, so that kind of sums up the year with the second shutdown that happened, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but as I look at this list, you know, I think in terms of, wow, we did a lot. We did. We did. I'm I'm actually sitting here just thinking you you forget. You forget about, you know, because everything is so it's not like your your normal routine. 
So we, we, we didn't know what was coming next. We didn't know what we were going to have to do next. Listening to all of these things, we had to be so creative. It just goes back to that whole, you know, um, you, you always use the word culture, the, the culture that's been created here with everybody, the community, uh, how creative we had to be to, to meet everybody's needs and still be safe. Um, it's really impressive. Some of it I was involved in, some of it I wasn't as involved. Maybe it was more the dance program or something that, you know, didn't involve me as much. But, yeah, super, super impressive looking back on the year and, and seeing how we really, uh, you know, rose above this this challenging time. You know, I when I look at this list, I'm, I'm quite surprised by how much we accomplished. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to the point of how we never really had the time to reflect on it. The fact that we can fill a 45-minute podcast just right. talking about what happened this year and the things that we were able to accomplish, I think. Right. And that's just the big stuff. That's just yeah. skimming the surface of the big things. Right. And, you know, I often hear people saying like, oh, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. And I think it's all perspective. Mm-hmm. Um. I think in terms of if you actually sat down and wrote down what you were able to accomplish month for month. And and sometimes just literally, guys, how I did it is I typed in on the search in my photo album in my iPhone, January 2020. And I scrolled through and saw the things that I was able to do. And I just did that for every single month. And, and these things popped up to me because I saw the picture and I remembered what it was. Mm-hmm. If we just focus on the positive side of things that happened this year. Was this year that bad no. or was it just different? It was exactly. It was it was just different. It was challenging. Sure. There were things that were taken away from us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, like I feel bad for the seniors. Prom, graduation, homecoming. All those things are very special moment. When I mean, as an adult, like, do I really remember those events? No, <laughs> no. I don't. Maybe no. it's a guy thing, but like, and Corey <laughs> no. always tells me that's a guy thing. But <laughs> you know, I just I, I I don't have good memories of any of them. I remember throwing up on my prom. That's another story. <laughs> 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 don't ask how I why I threw up because it, it's not <laughs> it's not legal. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, like in the moment. I understand that the loss feels huge. Mm-hmm. But also look on the bright side. What were things that you were able to do this year that you would have never done if it wasn't for the COVID situation? Right. And I think when I look at look at this list, a lot of them that we just talked about would have been things that we would have never done if it was a typical year. Right. And through the creative process of coming up with the solution through the process of, you know, planning these events. I think we learned a lot about ourselves. Oh, so much. Our team became closer. Mm -hmm. We, yeah, we realized how strong we are here. Mm -hmm. I agree. One of the things that I recently realized as I was reflecting back on this is I am more confident in myself to lead. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I've always struggled with. Uh, I always doubt myself. I And you know this about me, Deuce, is I, I'm the toughest critic of myself. And I think that's not a bad quality, but that's just who I am, is I am always very tough on myself, and I criticize myself a lot more than I probably should. I think we all do. 
Yeah. But I think it's when you start to lose that is when you start to to lose interest in what you're actually working towards. So that's a yes. good it's a good quality to have, even though it's hard being that person and being so hard on yourself. I agree. The way I look at it now is as long as you can be critical of yourself, as long as it doesn't interfere with your confidence to know yes. that you can be a leader. Yes. So in the past, that's what it was being affected is my confidence was shaken. Mm hmm. But now I know looking back, if we can survive this and if I can, you know, somebody said to me the other day, he said, he, you know, he, he's a really nice guy. He said, you're not, you're a leader. You're not a manager. A lot of business owners are managers and not a leader. And so take confident in the fact that you are a leader. Mm -hmm. Know that you are. And to me, that meant a lot. Yeah. Because I think when you do this, like you don't think that I think leaders are leaders because they don't think themselves as a leader. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just naturally just happens. Right. It's, a, it's a skill that you can develop and work on, but it's also a skill that comes to you as you continue to try to do what's best for your team, what's best for your, your community. Because the, to me, the number one quality of a leader is being able to put others first. Mm-hmm. And so I think that reflective moment really stood out to me because I felt like, okay, I think I can be confident now. Like almost I was able to give myself permission to be like, yes, you can consider yourself a leader. It's okay. Yes. I've seen you grow in that leadership role a lot, especially this year too, where, you know, I'll present ideas to you or somebody will present ideas and you'll say, okay, you know, you always hear it. And then this is why we can do that. Or, Hey, that's a great idea. Let's roll with that. Let's do this. This is how we can fit that in here. Or, yeah, no, I don't think we can do that. And here's why. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, you know, just working so closely with you, that's, that's, um, yeah, I've just, I've really seen you develop as that leader a lot more, especially through, through all of this. And I always respect, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll offer a suggestion and you'll say, here's why we can't. And I'm, yeah, you know, that's absolutely, yes. One of the qualities that really helped is in the yearly planner, I wrote two words as my goal, listen and pray. And if any, if, 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 if 2020 has taught me anything, it's the value of those two things. Mm -hmm. I had to listen a lot um, and I had to pray a lot. And I think without knowing what was ahead of me, those are two things that I set my eyes on mm -hmm. that help me to drive my decision making and, and whatever I do um, kind of and steer me to the direction that we went. Yes. I wouldn't say right or wrong direction. It's just the direction that we chose to go. You're also very accepting, too. And I think um, in these tough times, you have to be accepting. Maybe we don't like changes. Maybe we don't like some of the situations. Maybe, you know, we're angry or sad that we have these losses. But we have to accept where we're at and then make the most of it mm -hmm. from there. And yes. and that has really been the base of, of what's happened in this facility and in all of the programs is, you know, even though it's un an unfortunate situation, we have to accept it and then we have to make the most of it. Right. And I wanted to share that with the listeners because I hope that between now and the end of the year, you have a chance to reflect to yourself. Mm-hmm. Think about what you're able to accomplish. Think about what you learned and set the intentions and the goal for 2021 
as you take the moment to reflect. And, you know, I think goal setting is important. Yes. And I think simple goal setting is way more important than anything else. Like writing two words that you want to really hone in on next year. That works for me. So I guess that's why I'm sharing it with mm-hmm. you. But whatever goal setting works for you, I'm going to try to pick up two more words for 2021 and uh, see if we can uh, see where the journey takes us. Mm-hmm. Right. The end goal is never known. Right. And we just need to learn through our journey. Mm-hmm. Well, this was in a one hour long podcast. Oh, wow. It doesn't <laughs> feel like it, though. Wow. Well, I guess when you have a whole year, right? I know. Well, <laughs> listeners, thank you for sticking with us. If you made it this far, <laughs> wonder how many we lost. Yeah, wake up. Hello. Wake up. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.